Hello and welcome to the Glow Movement Podcast. My name is Sloane Reed and on today's episode we are talking about rejection and how it sucks. <laughs> Just kidding, kind of. But more importantly on how to turn rejection into something that is positive and productive. And I consider myself someone who is really, really good at handling rejection. But if this was 10, maybe even five years ago, I don't know that I would have said that. Um, Mainly because rejection had a really negative impact on my life. And I don't feel like I'm alone in that. Um, It was very, very detrimental in that when I did get rejected, I had a tendency to get stuck there for a little bit longer than I would have liked. And I also allowed it to paralyze me out of fear of rejection, of potential rejection from going after the things that I really wanted and maybe knocking on some doors that I was really, really wanting to walk through. And so because of that, I fought really, really hard to understand rejection, but more importantly, understand myself through rejection so I could turn it into a tool opposed to an obstacle that I had to overcome. So for me, it started with understanding the difference between my reaction and my response. And I promise y'all, I know I can already can already hear the messages, but I promise, I promise, I promise I have an episode coming soon that breaks down all of this where it comes to emotional intelligence as a whole and reaction versus response. And I promise it's coming, but for now, you just need to understand that they're two different things. They both are very insightful and very powerful, but they are different in what they provide. And so our reaction is just that. It gives us a lot of insight. It's our gut reaction to things. And so it can feel very physical. It can be our body temperature rising. It can be our heart racing. It could be feeling potentially feeling nauseated. And it also feels like a wave of intensity from an emotional standpoint, whether that's anger or frustration or sadness or just manic or panic. Those are all a wave of very intense emotions that cause those physical responses to come into play. And those are very insightful because it, depending on their level or their degree, it also tells us our attachment to the potentially lost opportunity, aka the rejection On the other side of things, we have our response. And that is where our power lies because we get to choose how we respond to things. We get to say, what is my ideal self? What is my best self? And how do I want to respond to the situation? And how do I want to move forward from the situation? What happens is with lack of self-awareness and intention, those two are very, very close together and those lines can get blurred, meaning that our reaction looks a lot like our response and your girl was guilty, right? And so the I was feeling the intense emotion. I was responding in that intense emotion, which caused me to go on this very intense emotional roller coaster. And everyone who was nearby was forced to go on that ride with me. But through a lot of intention and a lot of practice, I was able to increase the gap between my reaction and my response to really differentiate the two. 
what I really want to stress here is it's differentiating the two, not dismissing my reaction. I think oftentimes a lot of us see our ideal self and how we want, should, I'm going to say the word should in quotations, respond in a certain situation. What is correct? What is right? What our ideal quote unquote self would do? And so therefore we suppress our reaction and respond from a forced or expected place. The problem with this is it it forces us to lose our authenticity. And the, the goal here to show up as our true and ideal self is to honor the reaction. Because like I said, it's providing a lot of insight to who we are. Like, for example, if you're feeling relieved, okay, if you're feeling devastated okay like it's offering if it's the ego like depending on what that reaction is is it's very very important to honor it first and by acknowledging it reflecting on it and honoring the emotion honoring the reaction you're able to respond from an authentic place because what happens when we dismiss our reaction completely is we're also compromising ourselves and our boundaries and our true goals and intentions because we're acting from a place of should rather than a place of who we really are. So how do we do this? How do we bridge this gap? One, how do we differentiate the two? And how do we bridge this gap in a very, very healthy way so we're able to apply it to rejection specifically? The first thing is practice. First and foremost, it just takes practice and realizing that it's part of the process. And I know that sucks. I'm so sorry to say that, but it is. Anything worth doing is going to have some sort of rejection involved. We're not meant to succeed all of the time. And when we're opening, trying to knock on new doors, it's expected that not everyone's going to answer. Some of those doors are going to be slapped in our face. But the reality is those doors weren't meant for us, but they're part of the process to get to the right door. And there's a, um, I was on a um, call with a guy named Brian Tracy. He's absolutely brilliant. And he has this saying that he was like, uh, the door next door, like one more door. Like he was in door-to-door sales and he just kept going like one more door, one more door, one more door, because that's it. Like getting rejected leads you to the next door. And it's so, so important to be willing to have the, the other door slammed in your face to get to the right door. I always say, I rather, I hate, I don't like calling them sales calls based on the emotional depth that I go in. So I call them discovery calls, but they are similar to what a sales or an onboarding call is in that they give me the opportunity to connect with a potential client to see if we're aligned. But I always say I rather get rejected or not find that right fit um, on those discovery calls rather than not have any, (laughs) right? It's part of the process. I need those discovery calls. I need those opportunities to connect in order to find my ideal clients that I get to love on and I get to pour on. But if I'm not having in those calls, then I'm not walking through the process and that's way worse (laughs) than getting rejected. So 
that's the first thing is realizing it's part of the process. And there's actually a really great challenge. It's like a TED talk and it's called the like hundred days of rejection. It's so good. I'll link it in the show notes below. Um, definitely. So I'll get that linked because it's this guy who's talking about how he was so paralyzed by rejection in order to overcome it. He went on this hundred day challenge. And one of the things he did, I think it was like the first day He went to a fast food place and he asked for a refill, a burger refill. Like you get a drink refill. He asked for a burger refill. And from I remember, like everyone looked at him like he was crazy. He's like, they were like, what? And he's like, yeah, like a drink refill. Can I have a burger refill? And they were like, no, (laughs) no. But he challenged himself to get rejected again. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I really like your burgers. But if I could have a burger refill, like I would really like that. (laughs) I would like y'all even more. And they I'm pretty I don't remember if they were like, no, you're rejected again, or if they gave him a burger. I don't know. We'll have to go check out that TED Talk and refresh both our memories. Um, but it was so good. And so if this is something that you're like really want to challenge yourself on, do a hundred days of being rejected and start with silly stuff like acting asking for a burger refill. Um, it can be something silly. I think I saw another challenge tied to that where you have to ask perfect strangers to sing you happy birthday when it's not your birthday. I love that one. I think it's so funny. Or at a department store, ask them to use the overhead, like the intercom, to speak on their intercom. Like, and just put yourself out there in absolutely ridiculous situations to practice getting rejected so it becomes so normal to you because you understand that it's part of your growth and it's it's part of getting to where you want to be. The second is... um under like working on your mental toughness and so for me the first step for me in that is honoring that it's part of the process and one thing that I literally tell myself in tying these two steps together is that I'm proud of myself when I get rejected I say to myself I'm so proud of you like I'm so proud of myself I'm so proud of you because in order for you to be rejected it means you're putting yourself out of there out there It's really, really easy to play it safe. It's really, really easy to stay in your little like safe bubble, but it's also really, really detrimental to who you're meant to be. So if I'm getting rejected and even last week was one of those weeks where I just got rejected a lot and it was starting to weigh on me. And so I really, really had to work on the second step of my mental toughness of really reminding myself how proud I am of myself and Speaking of those calls, um, I was on a call with Greg Reed, who I've mentioned here on the podcast, along um, with Larry Kasanoff. He's like a brilliant producer. You probably have heard of his work like Mortal Kombat or Terminator 2, and I think like one of the Lego movies. I mean, the list goes on and on. And we were on a call together, and we were talking about fear in general, and not specifically rejection, but fear, which I think a big part of it is fear of rejection. And um, Greg mentioned, he was like, you know... I think a lot of times people take rejection personally and um, for for Greg recommended, he goes, I don't think that people are rejecting me. They're rejecting the idea and they could be rejecting 
the idea of speaking on their intercom because of the potentially um, inappropriate things that you could say, right? They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting like that idea of speaking on the intercom. Um, They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the idea of giving you a free burger when the whole point of the company is to sell burgers, right? So when you are able to detach yourself and not take it personally and realize they're not rejecting me. They're rejecting this opportunity or this idea or this piece of the puzzle. It's not all of who I am. And then Larry added to that, and because he's brilliant, right? But And he's actually writing a book. It's, um, oh my gosh, I have it written down. It's called, give me a second, Touch of the Madness. I was about to say Taste of the Madness. I'm like, that's not it. Touch of the Madness, which is hilarious. But his point is, and it's coming out next month, and I'll also put those details in the show notes. But Larry's point of this book is you got to be a little crazy, right? In order to be your authentic self, your most creative self, your most free self, you have to be a little crazy. And you have to ask for a burger refill. And you have to has to speak on an intercom, right? That's part of putting yourself out there and being on a path to your higher self is embracing the crazy and the madness. And he's also those individuals that it's like, okay, you're brilliant, right? So you were born fearless. Like, what do you know about being afraid? And so I asked him, I was like, I was not afraid. And I asked him, I was like, you were clearly born free, like with a fearless. So have you ever been afraid? And how did you overcome it? And he's like, oh yeah, I've been afraid a lot, a lot, a lot. But I started working on my mental toughness more than anything. And when I, and I had a team to help me do it, he talked about how he had, just like with your physical health, you have like a nutritionist, you have a doctor, you have a personal trainer, uh, all the things, you have a pharmacist, right? These are all elements. He's like, I did the same for my mental health. I had an entire team. I had someone who helped me with mindset. I had someone who helped me with meditation. I had someone, I had a therapist. I had all the things, right? And he, li- he listed this entire entire team that helped invest in his mental health and his mental toughness, which is so vital for your personal development as a whole, but especially when it comes to handling rejection. And my last but not my least favorite piece of managing rejection puzzle is turn all rejection into redirection because it forces you to move forward. I think the biggest thing that rejection does is it weighs us down. It puts a weight on our chest, on our shoulders, wherever you carry it, and it can get us in a place where we feel stuck. And so by turning rejection into redirection, it forces us to start moving that weight forward. And for the opportunity that you felt like really, really you just missed, it's an opportunity to redirect that to a new opportunity that's similar and most likely better. I think oftentimes we take rejection really, really hard because we think we are holding on to an idea of what something is, whether it's a person or a job or a client or an opportunity, opposed to realizing that we were meant for something bigger and better. We just had to pivot slightly and get redirected towards that. And that redirection could look like something of refining a skill, refining a 
like how you present yourself, refining, growing in that ego perspective, um, reflecting on what's on your plate. And it could be a redirection could be an investment in your own growth and in your mindset and your heart set and your skill set. That can be your redirection as long as it is in a positive and productive way and gets you unstuck from a pl- and out of a place of fear. So all in all, rejection sucks. It does. I don't want to dismiss that because again, that goes back to dismissing our reaction. And I hope if you're in a place where you're trying to handle or find your response and manage your reaction from a place of a recent rejection, I want you to know that I see you and I honor you and I'm not dismissing the hurt that comes with that. What I'm hoping is that this episode allows you some perspective to be able to redirect by really, really honoring that it's not personal. It's part of the process. Be proud of yourself for putting yourself in a position that you could be rejected. And the the one that keeps coming to mind is I think we all have had those experiences in like the dating world where we have seasons of not really putting ourselves out there and therefore we end up single for a while or whatever X reasons and we could have other intentions for that season, whether it's healing or whatever X is. But when we start to put ourselves out there, it can feel scary because we don't want to get rejected. And instead, I want us to come from a place of I'm so proud of me for putting myself in an opportunity in in the position where I had the opportunity to get rejected, because that means I'm putting myself out there. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone, whether that's romantically, personally, professionally, the list goes on. So please, please take a moment to have a moment of not only self-grace, but self-gratitude, because to me, that is the ultimate ultimate secret of handling rejection. So with that, I hope y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. I will be back soon with another episode, but for now, I hope that you are proud of the process and how far you've come and that you've put yourself out there. Love y'all. Mm-hmm.